0: want to take a few minutes here uh, to to just bring a a word from God to us. Uh, And the text that, if you have a Bible, that you'll want to turn to is 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And I'm going to read the first five verses. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 5. We read there Paul writing, we want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And then down in verse 9 of the same chapter, we read, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. And then in chapter 9 and verse 7, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. This is God's Word. Lord, would you please In these next few minutes, would you please write this word upon our heart and encourage us and bless us as we hear your truth in Jesus' name, amen. As you think in Scripture about men and women and believers who were known for their generosity, Uh, there's one that Jesus talked about, you'll remember in the Gospels, the widow woman who gave the last pennies that she had, and Jesus said she gave way more than all the other people had given them. Kind of legendary for for her generosity. Along with her, you would have the Macedonian Christians. If you read through the New Testament, these people come up from time to time as people of extraordinary generosity to the poor, extraordinary generosity to the mission of the gospel. These were people who knew how to give. They gave liberally, they gave sacrificially, and and I want us just to pull just a couple of Thoughts and ideas from this text that I've read to you that we can take home with us and carry with us in these next few weeks. So here's my message in about, I don't know, ten words. This is, this is my message. Listen carefully. There's rhythm here, alright? Grace prosperity can turn deep poverty into rich generosity beyond our ability with cheerful intensity. That's, that's the message. That's Second that's Corinthians 8 and 9 in about 12 words. Grace prosperity can turn deep poverty into rich generosity beyond our ability with cheerful intensity. Let me, let me show you those parts from the text that I've read. First, grace, prosperity can turn our poverty into generosity. This, there is grace that God pours into our life, and He pours it into us richly to enable us to be generous. And this grace is, first of all, something God does for us, and then something He does in us. What he does for us is in verse 9, which I read, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you know the grace of of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, you do. His grace is amazing. His grace is astonishing. His grace is rich. His grace is abundant. In fact, His grace is so great that He made Himself poor so that you and I might be made rich. And how did He make Himself poor? By leaving the throne of heaven Remember kids, we talked last week about the kingdom of God. And we we talked about the fact that this church is part of God's kingdom. We're a part of this amazing thing that God is doing all over the world. And Jesus is on the throne of the kingdom of God. Jesus is King Jesus. He's the one ruling. But he loved us so much that he left his throne and made himself poor. He was born, kids, anyone know? He was born where? In a... In a manger, very good. He made himself so poor that instead of sitting on a throne, he was born in a manger, in a place where animals ate and slept. He he was born into poverty. He made himself poor, but not just poor that way. He made himself poor in other ways too. He was willing to be hated and rejected and scorned. So much so that he was later called a man of sorrows. His whole life was a life of sorrows and those sorrows led him all the way to a hill called Calvary and on that hill he made himself completely poor, didn't he? Made himself completely poor by giving up his life as a sacrifice for our sins so that we would not have to die. He made himself poor so that we might become rich. Rich in His love. Rich in His forgiveness. Rich in His acceptance. Rich in His mercy. Rich with promises of heaven. Rich that in in knowing that we have an inheritance that we're going to enjoy forever and ever. He made Himself poor that we might be made rich. This generosity of Christ, this this grace prosperity is ours now. This is what has been done for us by God's grace, but also it is a grace that works in us. Did you notice that in verse 1? Paul says, 2 Corinthians 8.1, we want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. You need to understand, what was going on here was way over in the city of Jerusalem, there were a bunch of poor Christians who were going through a famine, and Paul was trying to raise money, raise funds, so that they could take care of the poor. And, and what this says here is that God's grace was given not to the Christians in Jerusalem who needed the money, but given to the Macedonians so that they would give the money. In other words, generosity is a product of the grace of God in our life. If you're a generous person, I'm here to tell you, it's a miracle of God's grace. Because we humans are grasping, grabbing human beings, aren't we? We like to get it, and we like to keep it, and we like to accumulate it, and we like to store it up, and we like to make the bank account fat, we like to make the house luxurious, we like to drive the fanciest cars, we like to wear the nicest clothes, we like to gather and keep stuff. And when you are willing to give rather than gather, when you are willing to to share rather than hoard, when you are willing to give to others in need, that must be because God's grace is doing something in you. Isn't it amazing? God, what God does when you when you became a Christian, when you were born again, it's as if God tweaked your DNA. It's as, as if God says, okay. I'm going to just change this little something inside of these people so that they're no longer grasping, hoarding human beings. They're now going to be giving, sharing human beings. And God pours this grace prosperity into us so that we become generous. So grace prosperity can turn deep Poverty into generosity. Did you notice that in the text? Notice where God met these Macedonians. Look again at verse 1. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia for in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. God, where did God's grace meet the Macedonians? In a deep trial and deep poverty. God met them when it seemed as if They had no resources. It seemed as if their circumstances made it impossible for them to give and be generous. God met them right in the middle of extreme poverty and gave them grace so that out of that poverty, they gave generously. This this is the miracle of God's grace. Folks, God's grace is not limited by our limitations. Did you hear that? God's grace is not limited by our limitations. God's grace is not limited by our circumstances. Our boundaries, when it comes to life and gifts and giving and all the rest, our boundaries are His beginnings. That's where, that's where He gets stuff done. It's where He gets stuff done in us. Don't underestimate. As you, as you think about your regular giving to the Lord's work, and as you think about Hope Rising Fund, As you think about this, don't don't let your present circumstances limit your sense of faith. God works in us when we have very little. And God does amazing things. Does amazing things. Grace prosperity can turn deep poverty into rich generosity. Did you notice the, the language Paul uses? It sa- he says that in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a, what? a wealth of generosity. This, this is an amazing combination of words. This, is, this just kind of defies expectations here. Extreme poverty. Wealth of generosity. People that were dirt poor are giving as if they are incredibly rich. This is what God's grace can do. A wealth of generosity There was extravagant. Remember our, the message from our brother Brian Davis a few weeks ago extravagant affection, the, the testimony and experience of the sinful woman who came. And because her sins had been forgiven much, she loved Christ much. And, and she took expensive perfume and poured it on his feet and wiped his feet with her hair because her heart was full, full of affection and full of love for Christ. Extravagant affection. The Macedonians did the same thing, just in a different way. They took out of their deep poverty and they gave with a wealth of generosity. Grace prosperity can turn deep poverty into rich generosity beyond our ability. They gave beyond, Paul says, They gave beyond their means. Christian generosity is not measured in numbers, it's measured in sacrifice. Christian giving is not measured in equal giving, everybody should give the same, but in equal sacrifice, everyone should give, not just until it hurts, but beyond the place of hurt, to a place of sacrifice. We're thinking about a $150,000 Hope Rising Fund. And currently we have about 100 households in Risen Hope Church. And you might be tempted to think in terms of the simple math, 15, 150000 100 households, that's $1,500 per household. Easy enough, nice and clean. Doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. There are some among us who may only be able to give $50 or $150. They may be able to give $500 or $1,000 or $1,500. There are others who could give five times that amount or 10 times that amount or 20 times that amount because it's not measured in terms of equal giving but equal sacrifice. And those that have much should be giving much and sacrificing in such a way, in such a way that the lifestyle gap that exists between Christians should be narrowing. Because people are giving themselves into a lower standard of living. Because they are so committed to Christ so committed to the Gospel, so in love with Jesus, so grateful that He made Himself poor that we might become rich, they're willing to say, hey, there is someone, something more important than the next luxury. And there's equal sacrifice by all. This is what we are praying will happen among us in these coming weeks. And we are excited in anticipating it because grace, prosperity can turn deep poverty into rich generosity beyond our ability with cheerful intensity. With cheerful intensity. Did you notice that? In 2 Corinthians 8, verses 1-5. through Listen one more time. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches in Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction... Their abundance of joy, did did you see the connection there? Severe test of affliction, they had abundance of joy, and their extreme poverty, they have abundance of joy in extreme poverty, oh Lord, give us more of that grace. You agree? Oh Lord, give us more. Abundance of joy in extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, listen to this, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. That's an amazing statement. As, as a pastor of some 36 years now, uh, I'm not sure how many times, I have experienced it, not sure how many times I've had people come up to me and pull on my shirt and on my sleeve and say, how can I give more? I want to give, I want to give, I want to give. That's what's going on here. You, can, you almost get the sense, you read between the lines that, that Paul is kind of gently stiff-arming them a little bit and just say, are you, you folks are really not in a position where you can you can do this. Uh, you, you've already given enough. It's, but they begged Him the opportunity to give. This is is an earnest, eager intensity. These are people that were all in. All in. The grace of God in their lives was not just in what and how much they gave, it was in how they gave. They gave with cheerful intensity so that we read in chapter 9 and verse 7, They must have been among those whom God loves. Because God loves what? A cheerful giver. Rick, what do you say, man? This is going to be attached to Rick for the rest of our existence as Risen Hope. God loves a fearful giver? God loves a tearful giver? God loves a cheerful giver. A cheerful giver. God so works in us by His grace that we have a cheerful intensity when it comes to giving. We cannot wait to give. And we look for ways to give more. We anticipate, so we we look in anticipation of the Hope Rising Fund. We, we look at our savings account and we ask God, how much can we give? We, we look at our vacation plans and we ask God how we can reduce them so that we can give more. We think about whatever possessions and property that we may own and we think, can we sell some of these and give the proceeds to Hope Rising fund. Can't we think about picking up some overtime hours and giving away the extra earnings. We think about cuts that we can make in our own personal budget and our eating and out and our entertainment and the rest. How can we give more? We think about all of these things and then some and say, Lord, move in us. Give us, oh Lord, this kind of generous grace. Grace, prosperity, can turn deep poverty into rich generosity beyond our ability with cheerful intensity. We who are your pastors are praying that God will do that work of grace in our hearts. You need to know that everything we're asking of you these days, we are asking and... Of ourselves, that this is something we're in together. Uh, this is something that we believe God wants us to join hearts and hands in. And we're praying, Lord, give us this kind of cheerful intensity. Lord, give us new ways, fresh ways, creative ways to give more. Because, Lord, you're worth it, and your kingdom is worth it. And those that don't know Jesus are worth it. And the mission of the Gospel in this community, in this region, in this world, is worth it. So Lord, by Your amazing, amazing grace prosperity, would You enable us to rise up out of our poverty and to give with rich generosity way beyond our ability with cheerful intensity. And then all the glory will go to him. Let's pray. Father, would you please do a wonderful work in us. Lord, may this not be burdensome. May this not be hard. May it be a delight. Father, may the only grief or Disappointment we feel be in that we can't give more. Stir in us, Father, something unprecedented, something wonderful, something that will make us, as Paul says later in 2 Corinthians 9, will make us and many people give thanks and praise to you because, Lord, you are the only explanation for it. Father, We're looking forward to what you're going to do, and we trust you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.